All righty. Welcome to another segment of BuddyCast. I'm here with my good buddy, comedy mentor, and the man who actually introduced me to the program that we are using tonight, Eric Potts. What's Eric, up, Nick? Eric's from New Jersey. He's visited Junior's Last Laugh a dozen times. And for the past, what has it been, three times that you visited, we've hung out for a little bit? I think so. I think it's yeah. been that long. Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, you're a comedian. How'd you get started in comedy? It's kind of a long story, but um, when I was, I'm, I'm a retired police officer. While I was a police officer, I uh, I created a local cable access show called Local Police View. Uh, you'll see my, I got stuff popping up on my computer. I got to close that. I, I created a show called Local Police View, in which uh, it went out to, I don't know, maybe 100, 150,000 households uh, in the area. It was an interview show. It was recorded. It was a television show. And that lasted for about three years. And when that went, when that was uh, towards the end of it, uh, if it's, of its run, because it ran its course three years, I couldn't do much more with it. I was uh, contacted by somebody who ran radio. This is, I'm telling you, it's a long story how I got into comedy, but I was, contacted, I was contacted by somebody who was a program uh, vice president for a radio uh, uh, group. Uh, it was a broadcasting group. They owned several radio stations. She said, she asked me if I was ever interested in doing radio. I said, yeah, I'd try it. Uh, never thought about it, never even considered it. And I wound up doing radio part-time, you know, I was a detective. And then if I was off on the weekends and there was a slot open, I was doing um, first overnights and then I was doing Sunday evenings uh, radio. Anyway, that got to be too much. I couldn't work, you know, police officer radio. I was never home or anything like that. So I wound up quitting radio and was done with it. But I was still doing, in my house, I had built a studio and I was still doing voiceover work for various radio stations, either uh, terrestrial radio stations, brick and mortar type radio stations, or internet radio stations. And people were asking me to do copy. They wanted me to get better at, co you know, write copy for them. And I needed to get better at my copy. They wanted funny copy and stuff like that. So I took a comedy class given by Catch a Rising Star here in New Jersey uh, at Princeton, Princeton's uh, Catch a Rising Star. And, uh, and part of the class was that when you graduated, you had to... Um, you had to do seven minute comedy routine. I did it and I fell in love with it and I've been doing comedy ever since. And I started comedy about two years before I retired from the police department. And now I've been doing it. Uh, God, how long have I been doing it now? Nine years going on nine years. Mm. Now thinking back in those nine years, do you remember your first like open mic or your first like. Actual first show? time, first time I ever stood, stepped on stage was to catch a rising star, uh, for the graduation mm -hmm. show. It was a packed house. So, uh, it was easy to succeed because everybody there was part of this comedy class and everybody there was, was graduating. And so, you know, I did, I did my routine and, and it's somewhere, it's, as a matter of fact, I think I have it on YouTube somewhere and it was, you know, it was dumb jokes, but people laughed and, and that infusion of laughter just hooked me right away. Now, succeeded first show yeah great second show totally bombed because you know now you're not in, a, in an element that's built for you to succeed you're you're on your own i did an open mic which i hate open mics by the way but i did an open mic and just crashed and burned it was awful just nobody laughed i was like what am i doing but you know you know you're 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 in it for the long haul you're in for um comedy if you can survive that, you and you still want to go on stage because when you're you're bombing, it's awful. Mm-hmm. And they've done that. Yeah, I still bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bombing right now. Yeah, you're doing fine. You're doing good. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Um, so what about, what's your, one of your favorite jokes, if you don't mind me asking, like a favorite story you love telling that usually like nails it out of the place, if you feel comfortable? Um, I think that uh, I, I talk a lot about my kids. So I, uh, you know, I, uh, one, one of them that it gets a laugh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a silly joke. It's, uh, you know, my, my kids, um, they bought me a gift for Father's Day. They told me it was out in the garage. I ran out to the garage to see what it was. It was a big box with the big bow. And they said, go ahead, Dad, tear it open. I ripped it open. It was empty. And I said, what is this? And they laughed. They said, we bought you a retirement home. That's not the joke. People go, ha, 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 but that's not the joke. The punchline is, but that's okay. I got even with them. Next day, I, I pulled up in a Corvette. I said, kids, come check this out. They said, wow, Dad, what's that? I said, it's your college fund. Yeah. That that works. That, that gets good, good laughs um, because – you know, they think that the punchline was the, the uh, you know, we bought you your retirement home. It's not, mm-hmm. it gets little giggles, but that's not the punchline of the joke. But yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I tell stories about camping with my dad when I was younger. I tell stories about going to Disney World. I tell stories about uh, raising kids, sex, uh, getting older. You know, you just, and you know, you write about your life. You write about what you're going through. You write about, uh, you write about, everything that's that's personal to you because if you don't make it personal it's not going to be funny i will say one of my favorite jokes from you is when you told the story of that one pullover that you had the what the, the pullover you pulled someone over during like your when you were when you were a police officer oh the uh the the uh um, officer oh uh, yeah the uh the tw- twirling the hair batting the eyes puckering the lips yep that one yep yeah, you know what? I really don't tell that joke too much anymore. I I, I kind of stopped uh, doing a lot of police stuff because I found that it was turning audiences off, um, mm-hmm. and especially now. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody wants to bash on the police now, so uh, it's not that I'm ashamed of it, but I definitely want to succeed as a comic, and when you get up there and you start talking about that stuff, uh, people tend to clam up a little bit, so I, I kind of avoid it. Uh, unless mm-hmm. I'm doing a unless I'm doing a set in front of uh, other police officers or firefighters or something who can who get it and and can okay, laugh right. at that stuff, yeah, I don't I don't bother really to to delve mm-hmm. into it too much. Mm-hmm. Now, um, speaking of the times of changing, you know, with this whole pandemic going on, do you see a lot of changes coming to say comedy clubs afterwards? Or oh, yeah, comedy is not going to come back strong for a while. Now I know a couple places are opening up. There's a comedy club that I work in Indiana. That uh, she's opening up. Um, I don't know. It's a big place. So she, if she has to bring it down to you know twenty five percent or whatever, I mean the place holds three hundred people, so she'll she'll be able to get people in there. But uh, I got to imagine that a lot of things aren't going to survive. A lot of restaurants aren't going to survive. So and 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 comedy's done in a lot of restaurants. Um, you know, people put on shows that are not necessarily in comedy clubs. I probably work more fire halls and restaurant shows than I do actual comedy clubs um, just because that's the way, the nature of the beast. Um, and there's so, so much competition to as, as a comedian out there. So I just think that, yeah, this pandem- pandemic, I don't think it's going to come, come back for another year strong. I mean, it's going to, comedy is going to happen, but it's not going to be uh, like it was for at least another year. Um, it's going to be difficult to get bookings. It's difficult now to get bookings. I had a lot of stuff canceled and, uh, I have nothing throughout the summer. And, um, am I really, am I really trying? I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I want to wait till the fall and really push it. Um, I probably got a lot more writing to do. You've been writing. I have, I have, I've got a, I've got a beautiful girlfriend helping me along the way. So very good. Yep. 
Now, what what are some of your favorite places to perform at? Uh, I absolutely love Juniors. I really do. That's that's one of my favorite my favorite places to perform. I love coming. To, is he still calling it Juniors? Did he change the name? I think it's still Juniors right now. All right. I love coming there. Uh, I used to, you know, I, I, I only met the new owner the one time. He seems like a very nice guy, but I loved it when Junior was who owned it. And uh, and every time I come out there, if, I, if I'm if i lucky enough to be booked there and come back out there again, I will definitely uh, stop by the Sloppy Duck and visit with Junior because uh, mm-hmm. he, he's such a he was such a great guy. And he was so accommodating to me. But uh, Bobby's great, too. It's a great club. And I'm. I'm so psyched and interesting to see how he changed because he showed he told me the ideas that he had for it i'd love to see it but that's one of my favorite places i love performing there um i love doing uh there's uncle vinny's comedy club here in new jersey that i work a lot um especially on wednesday and thursday nights i work a lot there i love that club um favorite places uh i love the indiana club uh crackers comedy club in indianapolis it's a great comedy club it's beautiful um and I, there's a tour that I've done twice that I did out west with Kevin Downey Jr. That I, it's just a blast. We do Laughlin, Nevada. We do um, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and that's just a really, really fun tour. Um, it's it's done in casinos out there, and it's it's just an absolute blast. Nice. How about you? Where do you like to perform? I'm a I'm a homeboy. I love juniors myself. Yeah. Yep. How many? How how are you doing uh, performing there? You get a lot of opportunities, or making my way in with the new owners still, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, you got to hit the open mics there. And make sure you go to exactly. Them. We actually are still working on that. A bunch of our open mics have been closed down, and the uh, the closest one I think I could find. We have one that goes on every month that I attend. That's actually how I asked out my girlfriend. The other one, the closest one, is one in Jamestown. But I had a little fallout with them. They they got on the they got on the wrong side of me, and just I finally just said, you know what, I'm walking away from the situation rather than. Well, you know what, the good idea for you to do is is to start your own open mic. Mm-hmm. You'll get plenty of stage time. You'll get the experience of running and hosting. So I I, I advise anybody who's uh, do I I ran my own open mic for a while, and uh, it it. it Definitely gets you a lot of experience and get you more stage time than you, than you would have otherwise. I'll have to look into a place. I'll have to see if there's anyone that. Yeah, you should. You should do it. Week. I used to do it every week, every every Monday night. I did it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was strong for a long time. But the I did it in an Elks Club, and they decided they they didn't want to stay open on a Monday night. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any do you have any funny heckler stories for us or anything like that? That. Eh, not really. I mean, I get heckled, but I mean, there's nothing uh, hilarious. I have, I have a couple things, uh, you know, that I I have online. I tend to use when I'm dealing with the audience. I tend to use foul language, especially if I'm comfortable. And so, it's not really much I could share here. But uh, I do, I do have some stuff online that's, uh, you know, me dealing specifically because I don't post a lot of my material up online. I post a lot of if I'm dealing with the audience. And it's, uh, you know, spontaneous stuff and it's funny. I'll post that up, but I don't post a lot of my material because if you start seeing it online, why are you going to want to come out and see me? So, mm-hmm. um, I don't post a lot of my material online. Occasionally I'll put something up there or I'll, I'll rehash, you know, I'll, I'll put the same joke up there, it, but in, from a different venue that it got a stronger reaction. But most of my stuff is, uh, that I put on there is audience uh, interaction when I'm dealing with the people and 
heckler stories. I mean, I think every every comic has them. I think every comic dreads them. I mean, especially when you're new at comedy, you dread the heckler. You're mm-hmm. like, oh god, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? Uh, but you 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 quickly realize that the more comfortable you get in comedy, that you you deal with the, the hecklers. Um, you learn to deal with them. Sometimes you're not as good as other nights, and other times you'll you'll get off stage and go, ah, damn it, I should have said that, but you didn't. And then you know it for next time. You're like, oh, I hope somebody does that again, and it doesn't happen. But and then sometimes you're golden. Sometimes you're hitting it, and somebody's heckling you, or you're dealing with the audience, and you're hitting, it. and it's like boom, 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 boom. And that's that's Matt. That's when the magic happens. When you're out of your, you're not into your set, and you're just going. And then and then if you're as you get better, you you take that interaction with the audience and you do build it into your set it's 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 magic yeah absolutely now you mentioned a lot you mentioned earlier about writing i forgot to ask you this question how much writing do you typically do let's say on a weekly basis lately i haven't written as much as i wanted to because i've been doing stuff uh, around the house but uh mm-hmm. i i try to i tend to try to write at least one hour nonstop every day and most of the time it's not even anything funny i'm just writing stuff down um you see, you see my Facebook page. I'll post up little jokes here and there, um, and see how they how people react to them. And if they get, if I get a good reaction off of Facebook, I know that it's probably something I can I can start tying into the act. Um, but uh, normally, I, I I try to write about an hour a day at minimum. Sometimes mm-hmm. I go longer. Sometimes I can't get the hour in. But um, there's a lot of good advice out there. Um, Gary Goldman uh, has great advice, and he's one of the people that you you have to write at least one hour every day nonstop, and just don't worry about spelling, don't worry about punctuation, just write, and it starts flowing out of your head. So sometimes I would write and go, I have no idea what I'm going to write, I don't know what I'm going to write, I can't think of what I'm going to write, and I just keep writing that over and over until something starts to flow out of out of my mind, and I start going into to writing. So, um, how about you? How, how often do you write? Got it all right here. Very good. And, uh, mostly, mostly of my writing is um, most of the time, like I've been doing a lot of writing with these interviews. Like I got our questions down here, you know, right. like that. but um, most of my writing's just if something happens during the day, like someone, you know, like chatting with the girlfriend and she says something funny or, um, you know, or I say something funny and I'm like, yep, writing that one down or, you know, something funny happens at work, just something. Right. Oftentimes someone more in the moment. Or sometimes I'll I'll just send someone a text saying, ignore this text message. I just need this for later, you know? Right. I just need this for later if like I'm at work and don't have my notebook on me. I just need this for later, so just just ignore this real quick. Okay. You can just put it in your notes in your phone. You don't have to send a text <laughs> message. My 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 phone is filled with notes of just sentences or one liners that I thought of, oh, this could be funny or this was funny or and I put it in there. And sometimes I don't go back to it for a year, but then I'll I'll look through it yeah. and I'll go, Oh, let me go back to this and see what I got. Because you know, if you say I'll write it down later, you never write it down, then you forget oh, what, yeah. you, what you thought was funny. So it's like that thing, yeah, I'll take care of that later. I'll get to that later, honey. You yeah. Know? Exactly. That's when they walk away shaking their heads like, yeah, right. <laughs> so who are some of your comedic role models? Like who are some people that you. You, would... you're my comedic role model. I follow well, you. Thank you. Like yeah. when, you, when you were starting out your career. Uh, um, one of my favorite comedians of all time is Jim Brewer. I love Jim Brewer. I've never worked with him, never met him. But I, I just think he's, uh, I, I cry laugh when I watch him. I just love Jim Brewer. Um, and he's kind of the kind of the, and I'm not no nowhere near 
the type of comedian he is, but that's the type of comedian I strive to be. He's just, I, I, I swear I cry laugh when I see him. Um, he talks and, and listen, I'm, he's a heavy metal guy. I'm not a big heavy metal guy, but he really, uh, his, his stuff about his family and, and there's, and I'm sure you've seen the set where he talks about the party in the stomach where tequila comes. You have to have seen it. If you haven't, you got to look it up. It's classic mm-hmm. Jim Brewer party in the stomach. Look it up. And it's, it's amazingly funny, but, um, uh, he, but a lot of the people that, that I, uh, I look up to probably aren't very famous or just comics that I, that around here, Vic D. Batetta was a is a very funny comic that I, that I like uh, Kevin Downey Jr. Who I work with all the time. I've probably seen his act 300 times because I've worked with him so much. And I laugh every time I work with him because he's a professional. He knows how to deliver it. He delivers it differently. And it's just funny every time you work with him. And that's what you strive to be. So a lot of the, the people I look up to, like, I, of course, Carlin and, and, and Pryor and all those people are absolutely people that you look up to, but they aren't people who I emulated my career after. I would never uh, emulate uh, them. I wouldn't try to be them. But I, I look at somebody like Jim Brewer, if you're not familiar with them, look him up, who who just makes me laugh every time I listen to him. Um, I, I, I uh, subscribe to his Patreon page and I, and I listen to everything, everything he does. He's just he just uh, he, he makes me laugh. So that's kind of who my comedy hero is, is probably Jim Brewer. But other people who I really look up to and admire, you know, uh, Jimmy Graham, who taught me comedy, um, who was the comedy teacher, Steve Trevelisse, who was the comedy teacher. These are guys that, that uh, you know, I didn't know. I knew Steve, Steve Trevelisse through radio, but only from hearing him on the radio. Never worked with them. But now I'm very, very close friends with them. And as a matter of fact, I fill in for him when he's uh, on a talk radio here in New Jersey. When he's out, I fill in for him. So, um, yeah, um, that's my my. But I'm going to ask you the same question. Who are yours? Well, definitely you, you know, number one. No, stop it. <laughs> um, definitely the classics, like you mentioned, George Carlin. Um, there's Brad Williams, who puts a lot of little people things into perspective. Right. You know, there's Tammy Pescatelli, who's like a family-related person that is like also the person that will just tell you straight out things, you know? Was that the first time I met you was when I opened for Tammy Pescatelli yeah, there in Junior That was my birthday. Yeah, I've opened up for Tammy there at Juniors, yeah. Not going to lie, it may have been a little, you know, it was my birthday, so. Were you drinking? Oh, stop it. You're too young to drink. What are you, 10? (laughs) Funny. But yeah, there's um, local comedians like that. There's, um, you know, just the classics. There's always Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams who are always, you know, who are always the, I consider them like the saints of comedy, you know, like the absolutely they're funny funny guys yeah uh, eddie murphy with his uh raw and uh what was the other one he did um i, I love the, i love the skit he does of ice cream it's like the ice cream man oh yeah that i used yeah. to emulate that i used to do that when i was in the army back in the 80s i used to go ice cream i got ice cream <laughs> as a matter of fact not too long ago uh i met uh somebody who was his manager for a while and he who owns the comedy strip in new york um, he was t- telling me that he actually bought that red jumpsuit that he wore. And, uh, and I forget which special, which comedy show it was. He, he bought the red jumpsuit for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I was it, like, holy crap, that's yeah. awesome. I think that one's the cover of his album. For that yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was exciting for me to talk to him, he, he, especially because he's the owner of the com- comedy lab. I was in his club and talking to him and it was, mm-hmm. it was really cool. Yeah. Cool stuff. And there's also There's also legends like Jerry Seinfeld. You know, he's always... He's kind of uh, Jerry a, Seinfeld. I think he was very, 
I, I, I like Jerry. I think his his television show is very funny, but I don't think yeah. um I've never I've never looked at Jerry his comedy and and, yeah. and never said, Oh my god, he's the funniest comic I ever saw. His television show was incredibly funny, but uh mm-hmm. you know, for as stand up yeah. goes. Mm. But that's yeah. that's just personal preference. I don't hate the yeah, guy. But, I just it's not my favorite comic. The other things that I like to focus on comedy or comics are people like you who travel through town, you know. One thing I always travel through time? Through time. Said? Oh town. I thought you said travel through time. I was like, oh if geez. travel through time, I would be, oh, any chance you and me are gonna work together in the future? You know? <laughs> right. But um the one thing you'll notice that I ask every time a comedian comes to juniors. I always ask them one question whenever we have their meet and greet. And I'm going to ask you this question. You've heard me ask it before. What is your advice to anyone practicing comedy today? Practicing or, or starting comedy? Both. Let's go with both. Uh, well, there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of people who want to be comedians. There's a lot of people who aren't very funny, who try to be comedians. And... Um, and, you know, you, some people may even say, well, he, Eric Potts, he's not very funny. And that's some people. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, so I may not be very funny. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of competition. It's very difficult to get stage time. That's why I said to you, Nick, that you should start your own uh, your own open mic. Um, there's a lot of watered down shows. A lot of people say, oh, we're going to do a comedy show. And they put on six, seven, eight comics. And they're not very good. They're more they're more open micers, and people go to that comedy show and they go, "This is comedy," and they don't go back out. You got people. People have to stop watering it. Less is more. Three, no more than three comics on a show. Maybe four if you want to give somebody a guest spot. But for somebody starting out, go for it. But write, 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 and find things that are funny. Buy, buy. There are books out there. You don't necessarily have to follow the comedy writing formulas, but there are books out there. And one of the best ones is uh, the Comedy Writer's Bible. Uh, uh, by uh, God, I can't remember her name now, and I and I, I just was reading it today. I was just thumbing through. But the Comedy Writer's Bible is, uh, and the new version of it is one of the the absolute best tools that I found for comedy writing. So write, 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 and write some more, and then keep writing and keep getting up there and keep practicing and keep doing your set and don't give up. And if you feel that you want to give up, just keep going because. Um, Eventually, you're going to get better, and eventually, you're going to make it. That's all. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Any other final uh, final comments on comedy, or just anything you want to toss in, my friend? No, I just think. Um, when's your girlfriend coming to see you? Actually, that's a funny story. She's Tell actually story. to not this upcoming week, but the following week. Really? So she. Um, she calls me during the day. We FaceTime every single day. And um, she calls me during the day. All of a sudden, she, her mom says, put Nick on mute real quick. I got something to tell you. And that's when she told her that they they have this RV. And they're bringing it down, to, they're bringing it down here to Erie. So, nice. yeah. She tells me that they were looking at a campground. They really like it. And they're going to make the reservations. So, all of a sudden, my girlfriend goes from, like, just regular hey how's it going like awesomely really excited and this was around lunchtime so i'm thinking did you have sugar for lunch or something or what's going on you know so so is she staying like right on the lake uh but actually her family is she's staying here with me Uh oh we got a guest room next door she's staying in the guest room you're uh you're a good boy i know um (laughs) 
What do you what what do you, what's some of the things you want to shower in in Erie? Oh, definitely number one spot is definitely the lake. You've seen that before, right? I was out there when it was freezing cold taking pictures. I got some good pictures out there, but yeah. it was cold. I've never been there in the summertime. Oh, you got to come in the summer because you got to see a Lake Erie sunset. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yep. If you think your photos of just a frozen lake were good, wait till you take a photo of a Lake Erie sunset. Hmm. It's like, think do that the, sometime. it's like the third or sixth most beautiful sunset on earth or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, definitely taking her around town. All the, all the restaurants we got here. Um, Take get, get get her some of that good barbecue. There's that barbecue place there. I forgot the name, mm -hmm. but I I drove and got is barbecue. It the really is that is what it's called? called? I think it's called Underground. It's the one that was on the TV show, right? I don't know. I I, I thought it had numbers in it. Maybe mm. I'm wrong. Mm. I forgot what it was. I'll have to look it up again. But it was really good. There was a line yeah. out the door. I just stayed in line. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely that. I wish the comedy club was open. What's going on with that? Yeah. Do you know? I have I haven't heard either tale of it yet. Hmm. I um, I'm hoping they're. I know they were looking for workers. They just uh, sent it. I got an email because I guess I'm on their mailing list that they hmm. were they're hiring. So uh, yeah, they're hiring I know, servers and stuff. I know their plan was. I think they're aiming for July because mm -hmm. I know they rescheduled Sinbad for July. Right. I think, uh, and that was their most. I think that was their biggest show this year, probably. Did I ever tell you that I had breakfast with Sinbad? You did not tell me about that. Tell our viewers about that. <laughs> uh, the radio station I was producing the morning show, and Sinbad was working at uh, um, uh, the Stress Factory here in New Jersey, and uh, he came in to do the morning show, and he and I get you know he drove in in his big Chevy Blazer, whatever the hell it was, Lincoln Town Car, whatever it was. He was he drove himself, and he's and he said, "Hey, I, I want to get some breakfast. Where's a good place to go get breakfast around here?" And it's my town. This radio station is in the town I live, and I told him mm -hmm. about the diner he should go to, and he goes. Uh, all right, you want to go? Uh, I said, if you wait uh, at 10 o'clock, I'll go, uh, you know, I'll go with you. I'll show you where it's at. I'll show you where it's at is what I said. I didn't say I go with you. I'll show you where it's mm -hmm. at. He goes, I ain't got time. I ain't got time. I got to go. I go, all right, well, hey. So I, I you know, walked through the door and said, see you later. That was about 45 minutes before I was done. Uh, I walk out about 10 o'clock, 10.05, and he's in the parking lot. He goes, hey, I waited for you. Let's go. So <laughs> I, I drove up, and he goes, come on, we're having breakfast. So I sat, we sat in a booth right across from Sinbad for an hour and a half. Just me and him had breakfast. He paid for it. We had pancakes and eggs and people came over and go, where do I know you from? He wouldn't tell him who he was, but people were guessing all sorts of different names, but uh, very down to earth, very down to earth, very friendly, friendly, friendly guy. And it was, it was an education for me because I got to pick the brain of Sinbad. You know, this is, I've been doing comedy for eight, seven, eight years, uh, but I got to pick his brain and listen to him. I've never worked with him, but I got to just sit and hang out with him. Mm-hmm. What did, you talk, cool. what did you guys talk about? Oh, God, we talked about everything. We talked about uh, kids. We talked about uh, music. We talked about comedy. We talked about life in general. We talked about, he asked me about about being a police officer. And, uh, you know, he told me about all the, some of the things that he did over the years and his move, the movies and, and all the stuff. And it, and it was really cool to, to, to just, he's down to earth. And it wasn't <laughs> like I was, you know, at a, after about five minutes of sitting with me, him and I just one-on-one, -on -one, it was very comfortable. And uh, not very, um, you know, not not intimidating at all. Where, where you, it can be sometimes when you're with somebody who's, uh, you know, fairly uh, a big name. Everybody knows who Sinbad is. Oh yeah, everyone, every, at least everyone from the '90s, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, if you still have his contact or whatever, put in a good word for me. I'd love to hang with him when he's in. I don't have his. I don't have his contact. He didn't give me his phone number or anything. <laughs> he's he, he was like, ah, I'm not going to hang around with this guy any longer than this. I bought him pancakes. That's enough. <sighs> Probably has a restraining order out on you or something like that. You know. Good thing. Good thing. Alrighty. Well, hey man, I appreciate this. This is what BuddyCast is all about. Two buddies just hanging out and chatting like we always do. Very good. I appreciate it. And I look forward to coming back out there to Erie. And, oh, uh, you know, and whenever I, you come out, you're more, all you have to do is send me a text. And even if I'm in the middle of something, whoops, buddy's in town. Got to go. See ya. Absolutely. Hey, and if you go to Sloppy Duck, tell Junior I said hi. Will do. We'll absolutely right. do that. built these uh, really cool huts. I'll leave you on this note. They actually built these really cool outdoor huts to help practice with social distancing. Look them up. Really? On, look it up on Facebook. I will. I'll definitely look it up. All righty. Well, that was Eric Potts, everyone. Comedian. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Be good. Yep. Thank you. You too, man. I'll All see right. you later. Let so me know long. the next time you and Evie. You got it. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye.